East Durham College. Business Bites. In business, for business. Do you live in County Durham or its surrounding areas? Are you fed up with your existing role at work? Or do you have a business that you need to future-proof? If you don't know where to start to access training for you, your colleagues or your business, East Durham College can point you in the right direction. Find out about our services, our staff, programmes and expertise in this podcast series. Make sure you press follow now to not miss an episode. In business, for business. East Durham College. Business Bites. East Durham College. Business Bites. In business, for business. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the East Durham College Business Bites podcast. My name's Sarah Jolly and I'm the Business Development Manager here at East Durham College. And today I'm joined by Claire Jones. Claire is part of the Learning and Development Team at Nissan UK. Thanks for joining us today, Claire. Thank you for having me. Is this your first podcast record? It's my first podcast Fantastic. ever. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Popping your podcast cherry. <laughs> so, for our listeners who don't know anything about you, Claire, do you want to give, by way of an introduction about yourself? Yes, I'd love to. So, I'm Claire Jones I'm from Sunderland. Um, the way I would describe myself is I'm very much a home bird, so have lived and worked in the northeast all my life. Um, I went to Sunderland University, did an English degree, so I've got kind of humanities background. Um, and then after that, I moved into a retail job in a um, in a call centre, worked in customer services. For about five years I was there, I think. Right. Um, and I had an absolutely fantastic manager who probably had quite a significant impact on my career, actually, right. and encouraged me to leave there, strangely, said, wow. you've, you've kind of <laughs> achieved your potential here. You need to do more. You need to fly the nest and go and uh, and experience something different. And so I went for a number of interviews in the automotive sector. I think that's because that's what was kind of out there at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I landed a job at Nissan. So I landed a job in L&D at Nissan as a trainer and controller. Right. Um, and it was a very, very different sector and a very different experience from, from retail. Mm-hmm. I can remember in my first kind of, probably the first month, thinking, not sure this is for <laughs> me. Not not sure I fit in here. Yeah. Um, and I remember Claire, who's a friend of mine, came in at the kitchen. Um, she, obviously, we've developed our friendship over the years I've been at Nissan. And she was like, oh, hi, how are you doing? You know, are you enjoying it? And I was like, mm. Well, <laughs> and she just looked at me and she said, you just need to give it some time. Like you need to give it probably six to 12 months. You will yeah. be absolutely fine. I know how you feel, um, but you will be OK. And sure enough, you know, I, I kind of took her advice, um, realised quite quickly that everyone's different. Everyone brings. So I think at the time, working with a lot of engineers who are very factual, very focused on detail. And I'm a very creative person. So mm-hmm. I hate to use the term kind of blue sky thinking, but I'm quite conceptual and I'm very creative. So I kind of stood out like, a, you know, I was like a, a fish out of water. <laughs> yeah, I stood out like a sore thumb. Um, but realised very quickly that, you know, everybody brings something different to the party and that actually my creativity and mm-hmm. my skills were in rare kind of supply there. So it actually mm-hmm. became a, a really good commodity. Yeah, valuable. Um, yeah, really valuable. So um stayed for eight years. Um, and then I left, for personal reasons, I left and I went to the NHS for four years. I worked um, as the assistant head of learning and development for South Tyneside 
Foundation Trust. I had a had a really I've seen I had a great time there. I developed some really really great friendships, people mm-hmm. who I'm still very good friends with now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a very different experience as well because I was I'd moved from very fast paced automotive sector, high volume, to the NHS, which is just much slower in mm-hmm. terms of its pace. There was a lot more bureaucracy. Of course, you spend in public money as a as a kind of leadership and behavioural expert. You you know you want to purchase materials or focus on development, but it's public sector and it's public money. So things yeah. happened much slower there. But it was what I needed at the time for kind of my, my kind of personal life. Um, and then Nissan asked me to go back and I said no for a while. <laughs> I said no for, for a, a while. while. Yeah. And um, again, for personal reasons, because I, I was kind of on my own with two little children at the time and I wanted more flexibility than I had had previously when I was there. And the guy who was trying to get me back basically said to me, you know, what do you want to come back? And I said, I want flexibility. So mm-hmm. I want to be able to go to the parents' evening, go to the nativity place, drop the kids off at school in the morning yeah. and not feel like I've got to come cap in hand to to ask for that. Yeah. And um, mum guilt's awful. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. And thankfully he said, right, okay, you deliver everything you need to deliver. And that's the deal. So mm-hmm. I ended up going back and it's undoubtedly the best decision that I've I've ever made because I just love the place love the people, love what we're doing in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think last count, I think I've got a team of 30 wow. at the minute, which is pretty significant. Um, and that covers all development at the plant. Mm-hmm. So everything from the production of the vehicle and technical skills. So I've got the global training centre team. Yeah, They're all experts in the various different components of how to build a car, basically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from the body shop to trim and chassis to vehicle quality yeah um so i have the gdc and then i have the core team and the core team are those who focus on leadership behavioral process yeah development skills development um i've got a, a pool of admin staff and have just acquired the apprenticeship team as well so all of the kind of a, apprenticeship from the life cycle from recruitment through to development will sit within our team too fantastic um, and we've got you know around six thousand people at the plant so my team cover everything from induction through to all of the the supplying, the sourcing of any external training that people might need mm-hmm. from a legislative perspective, for safety, through to the soft, I don't like using the term soft, soft skills, skills, but through to the leadership and behavioural skills as well. Yeah, because they're all equally important. Absolutely. And we have, again, if I think about my team, going back to what I said about, you know, fitting, I have a really diverse team. So I've got, you've met Stu, who's got an yeah. engineering background. Really, really great with CAD. He can, he can design me a training centre if I want him to. You know, great with CAD and, and designs yeah. and the facts and figures. And then I've got the really creative people as well. So I've got um, a guy called Chris who recently joined us from Lidl. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chris is just really creative and can really develop fantastic programmes from a leadership perspective. Wow. Just kind of everything everything in between so we've got a really great mix in the team it sounds fantastic oh i missed i've missed out some parts actually that's because it's so big go on <laughs> go for it so i've got the nissan skills foundation as well um and the nissan skills foundation are small group um of people who deliver to primary and secondary schools school school engagement every day um oh. So we have a signature program called Monosecuri Caravan, which we deliver to typically year six pupils. So last year of primary year school. Primary. Yeah. yeah. And it's a really high energy, fun program where we get them in, they play with Lego, 
to create a production line and they're timed and they have to do some Kaizen, some continuous improvement. Um, we get them to do some basic hand skills as well. They do the batak. You know what a batak is where you're pressing the, yep. the buttons and yeah, test yeah. their response. Um, that's our signature program. That works really, really well. And the whole purpose and aim of the Skills Foundation is to get young people with aspirations to come into advanced manufacturing and, and engineering yeah. to really kind of think, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Like, I'd like to work. I'd like to work here. Yeah. Not just at the plant, but f- for the supply chain and yeah, wider across say, the region as well. I think that's the thing. I mean, I think we all know that you are, if you're one of the biggest employers in our region here, mm-hmm. but also you have so many other businesses in that supply chain. Um, that Tens obviously, of thousands of jobs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's a phenomenal beast. And, and I know, obviously, here at East Durham College, we've been privy to meet lots of people, not just from Nissan, but also in yeah. your supply chain, which is obviously excellent. Um, just thinking of, obviously, then, in your two kind of stints, I guess, in your role currently, and as was back in the day when you first started there, how would you say, let's just talk about women in yeah. the manufacturing and engineering industry at the moment? Mm. Um do you think they're still underrepresented? Yes, I do. I mean, and, and one of the reasons for the Skills Foundation as well is is to really try and increase the diversity of our of our staff. Um, so we do also do activities which focus specifically on girls in engineering. So we have gimme events, girls in motor manufacturing engineering, girl-powered events as well. Um, so yeah, yes, I do think women are underrepresented and I think the challenge for us is attracting more females, not just females, but people from all, kind of representing all different walks of life, mm-hmm. attracting them into the sector. Mm-hmm. Um, really making advanced manufacturing and engineering attractive. I think over the years, if I, if I think of my own experience, it was more of a cultural thing. So I think the flexibility has improved. Yeah. Um, working with within the plant, you know, there was a time when I first started when there was really no flexibility. It was classed as a single status organisation. That's changed massively. Yeah. Um, we have much more flexibility within within the organisation now. And I think also one of the important things is to to let people know that there are so many different opportunities within a place like Nissan as well. There are yes, there are the STEM kind of related um, careers in engineering. IT production mm-hmm. but you've got HR you've got purchasing you've got finance you've got production control uh, you know there's so much opportunity if you want yeah. a career there you can have a career at, yeah. at the plant yeah. but the challenge definitely is how do we attract more people from more diverse backgrounds into the the sector what, what do we need to do mm-hmm. and and I think that's a complex question because yeah, I is. think I think it goes back to school and education as well because I was reading some stats I can't remember what the exact stat was but you know people believe that a child typically has an idea about the kind of subjects they want to continue to study before they even leave primary school mm-hmm. and then definitely by kind of 14 to to 18 they've got an idea about whether they want to go into engineering or not so for us with the skills foundation part of the idea is that we have those kind of touch points with young people, with children, early, so we can show them it's not a big, scary place. You can have fun here. And it's all about problem solving. So it's about continuous improvement. It's about solving problems and and making it really enjoyable and Mm. high energy and fun. So that learning environment becomes not a big, kind of scary place. But they think, hmm. I like to do something with with this and and we do it early we start that early and then my kind of focus I suppose is to have those regular touch points throughout that young person's life and 
mapping that so we can say, all right, we see them at year six. We might even see them earlier. We do something called Lesson in a Box, which is an outreach program where we drop a box of um, resources off at a school, mm-hmm. usually for, for your really early, early years learners. And it's got books in there, origami, how to do origami. So it's a it's a box of resources for the teacher, really, yeah. to say, all right, here's some activities that you could do one day a week with your pupils if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you can make some paper swans and you can read about Japanese culture. We drop the box off, we leave it with them. Well, we do we do an activity with the um, with the school children and the teachers. We leave it with them. Then we go back three to four months later, mm-hmm. do some more activities, find out what they've learned, mm-hmm. take the box back, replenish it, give it to the next school. Fantastic. So, it, so again, that that's quite that's probably the earliest touch point. So it's there. It's Monazuku Caravan. And then we have things like Eco School, which is about sustainability. We've got a code club now because mm-hmm. um, we want to try and encourage and engage young people in coding. Um, so we're always looking for different ways to yeah. try and create that spark of, mm-hmm. oh, this is interesting. I'm quite, yeah. you know, I can do this. Yeah. We do a lot with, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, Vex. No. It, it's kind of a, it's similar to Lego, but it's more robotics. Okay. So we have a Vex tournament and, the you know, again, the kids will get a, a pack and they'll create a little Vex robot and they have to do different challenges. We do that in the massive sports hall um, on the Nissan site. And we run Lego League tournaments as well. So the kids are given a challenge. They have to build the robot. They have to make it do stuff. So they have to code it so that the robot moves in certain ways and does certain things. And in Lego League, it's, again, it's just using your kind of Lego kits to just really get them wanting to do more. I was more. just going to say, that's getting the appetite and motivation. Appetite, there. yeah. It's a great yeah. word for it, yeah. yeah. I think um, what's interesting there is you, you've mentioned, just touching on on that box there, that obviously a part and parcel of some of the, the contents of that relates to the Japanese culture. Mm. Um, how would you describe the general culture at Nissan? Oh gosh, that's a hard question. Um, like I say, I'm, I can see and I know that it's changed. I think we've got a massive focus on development. Huge. And to be fair... That's always been there at the plant. So when I started as a training controller, they had an internal resource then to deliver all of the training. Um, always, always delivered a huge amount of develop, development and very focused on the skill and the capability of the of the workforce. Yeah. Very, very much so. Um, and for me, as an L&D professional, I feel that I'm in a really privileged position mm-hmm. because I'm working for a company who believe in development. And I've... You know, I've, I've spoken to organisations, I've spoken to colleagues in organisations where that's not always the case. Yeah. You're kind of, a, you're an afterthought or you, mm-hmm. you thought of secondary at Nissan, if there's a business problem or a business challenge, we will be asked to, to come up with a solution. And that's a really great position to be in. Because again, being creative, I'm like, oh, I can like <laughs> get me creative head yeah, <laughs> and get me creative head on and think about how am I going to solve this business problem or this business challenge and deliver something that the company actually finds has value yeah um but yeah we're always at the table we're always part of the conversation which is just amazing so huge amount of focus on development we've got a a mentoring platform now called Pushfar that we use so anybody anywhere at the plant can request to have a mentor right. they can they can offer to be a mentor and it's all digital so you sign up you create yourself a profile you can say whether you want to be a mentor um or whether you want to be mentored and it'll help you to find someone and you can reach out to that person, make an appointment with them, you know, arrange a meeting and then have that mentoring relationship to help you focus on your career, um, your skills and, uh, and your future. 
which is working really, really well. Yeah. And that's that's part of a broader engagement strategy. I think, again, that's probably representative of how far the company's come. We've got an engagement strategy we've had for about two years now, I think, which has eight different pillars. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to list the eight pillars because I'm bound to forget one of them. But <laughs> I'm, So I'll give you the I'm lead for the health and well-being pillar. So right. we have health and well-being through to um, workplace environment, diversity, equity and inclusion, CSR, corporate social responsibility, all these different pillars that focus on, right, what can we do to ensure that we are engaging our staff, improving our communications, you know, just, and that's a really, really great thing to be a part of. It really, really is. Like if I think about the health and wellbeing pillar, some of the things that, that we've done, um, we did a Nissan Park Run takeover a few weeks back, which was just incredible. Like we had about 50 volunteers from across the plant who ran wow. the park run at Harrington Country Park. Amazing. Um, loads of runners involved as well. And we had banners and we were giving people water bottles. And it was just a, an absolutely fantastic experience just to encourage people to get involved in park runs. And if you've never done one before, they really are a fantastic thing to do. Free, yeah. Saturday morning, turn up, do a 5K Walk, run, jog, do what you yeah. want. Mine's often a mixture. <laughs> um, it was the first time I'd done it. Was it? Nissan Park Run, and I just I loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. So we're encouraging employees to get involved in in things like that. But it's also having campaigns across the year. Like um, I recently did a campaign for cancer awareness. So we focused on the most common cancers in the UK, identifying what symptoms there might be. We did a, a video. We actually had three amazing people from the plant who had experienced cancer um, and they told their story and then that was briefed and communicated to to the staff two key messages one you know early detection and early intervention is critical so if you're worried see your gp but also two you know if this is happening to you and if it is something that you're going through then talk to someone share yes share that you know don't don't carry that burden on your own. Yeah, look look for yeah. support from people. So we've done some absolutely brilliant things and each pillar is bringing all of this kind of different energy and different ideas and different activities mm-hmm. to focus on that overall mm-hmm. engagement strategy. So I, I think if anything, that, that one thing is reflective of how far mm-hmm. and how much the organisation is kind of changing. Yeah. Would you say then that the future's bright then, thinking oh, yeah. if we flip back from looking behind looking at where we are now yeah. but looking to the future yes what does the future hold what is what is on the horizon well the big thing for us is ev360 which is our kind of big electrification strategy mm-hmm. as a global organization we've always tried to be ahead of the curve innovative ahead of the ahead of the game ahead of the field the leaf has been a hugely successful electric car um, we've obviously got e-power now, Cashkai e-power, we've got the Duke hybrid, but we're moving toward, towards a fully electrified platform. And that's that's really exciting for us. We've got the development of the Gigafactory on our doorsteps or AESC over the road, development of the IAMP Park, the advanced industrial manufacturing park around us. So lots of great things going on. What that's going to bring is a whole lot of jobs. And yeah. I think they're anticipating that there's going to be something like five to 10,000 more jobs in the area in advanced manufacturing and, and engineering. Wow. So lots of opportunity. Phenomenal amount. Yeah, huge. And that's really why, again, we need to focus on the pipeline. How are we creating that robust talent pipe, pipeline into those jobs, not just at the plant, into AESC, into the, 
the other organisations that are going to be around us because it's a challenge now. Yeah. So we, you know, we need to get match fit. Basically, yeah. we we really do need to be strengthening that that pipeline, and that's that for me is the importance of the school engagement programs, apprenticeships, which we haven't really touched on, but mm-hmm. the importance of bringing apprentices into our organisation, and again. As a company, we are a big advocate of apprentices. Yeah, and I think you've always been that yeah, as well, we have for you? Oh, yeah, for 30, yeah. 30 years. I mean, this year, um, I think we had a record number of apprenticeship positions. Um, it was over 100. Wow. And, yeah, and for us, what we what we see is these people, and I was going to say young people, but they're not always that young. Um, what we see is them develop, really supported in, in their development, become accustomed to the culture of the organisation, really become kind of technical experts in a, in a specific role. And we, we tend to find that apprentices stay with us. Yeah. So they come out of their apprenticeship and they tend to stay with the organisation and a lot of them actually progress their careers within within Nissan and do, yeah. do very, very well. I think that's testament, I guess, to both everything, like you've said, being a forward-thinking company yeah. um, and investing in your good staff from the beginning, yeah. but also giving them those opportunities to progress and develop themselves yeah. as individuals but also as part of Nissan. Absolutely. Because I mean, you, you're one big cog with yes. all of these streams fading into one. Yeah. You know, the fact that there's going to be these opportunities there for people, I think, is absolutely fantastic. How do you think that's going to change the shape of your team going forward? Oh, goodness. Anything can happen. It really, really can. Um, well, I think I've kind of touched on this. For me, it's about what does the customer want? And the customer for us is the organisation. Um, so if we did need need to change shape, we'd we do that based on what the operation needs. Um, and you know we do flex. And again, I think that's another massive strength within not just my team, but the organisation as a whole is we're built on flexibility. So everyone is expected to flex. Yeah. Um. So we we would do that. Um. I think again with the size of the team that I've got and all of the different angles and areas that they're focusing on we can do different things so I mentioned to you before that we were um, supporting green skills boot camps as well yeah so we've got members of the GDC team ex-production staff who are supporting people different groups and we've had a group of foreign nationals who've been displaced from their you know their their own countries but who want to work want to live and work in the northeast and are super super willing to just get stuck in and they yeah. you know they want a job so we put them through a two week program to um to be assessed and we're having massive success with that yeah um so the majority is, i think we've had 29 people on that program so far and 25 of them have been yeah, job it's, offered it's, it's a hugely successful really program good. and then we work with the newcastle united foundation um we had a group of of people who a lot of whom were kind of second and third generation unemployed. Right. Um, and, and again, had, had their own challenges around work and their thoughts on work and their perspectives. But again, put them through this two-week programme, supported them, gave them the right development, and, and that's just been massively successful. And it's so rewarding for the training controllers to be involved in that kind of yeah. activity where you're helping people yeah. who want a job, secure a job. Yeah. And they're people who might have struggled with the application process previously or they might not have been able to do the basic skills test for the, for the assessment. But just with that 10-day development and support, mm-hmm. they get to the end and mm-hmm. they can do it. Mm-hmm. And then if they don't get through first time, we'll, we'll support them 
again, you know, we'll give them some extended development. So yeah. those types of activities are, are just very satisfying yeah. for me as yeah. the leader of the team, but also for the, for the people who are delivering op- operationally. They just they absolutely love it. Yeah, recruitment has been brought to the forefront by lots of people who mm. we've had as guests on this podcast series because it isn't... Um, necessarily always a fun place at the moment um and obviously with this you know the the kind of level of of employment opportunities hurtling your way we know that that's possibly going to be a challenge do you think it's a challenge that nissan is prepared for we always have a plan (laughs) (laughs) we're hard workers you know we will just roll our sleeves up and do whatever we need to do basically and i think again privilege in my role is i am given license to be creative yeah um, I have quite an externally focused job. So in my role, I, I do a lot of networking. I go to a lot of um, events. I, I talk to the DFE. I have, you know, I have contacts in different areas. And, and very often it's those, I don't like using the word networking because it's about relationships for me. Yeah, It's just about talking to people and finding out, well, what are you doing in your organisation or what the DFE, what's the DFE kind of got on, on the horizon? What What's going on? Mm-hmm. Talking to people. Mm-hmm. building relationships with people and then trying to form those synergies whereby you think oh i get a spark and i think actually we could do something about with that? that what about <laughs> that and an example of that mm-hmm. which i haven't spoken about is the nissan skills academy so um that came about as a result of a conversation i had with someone at sunderland college mm-hmm. and they just said would you be interested in doing a kind of gcse level um qualification in engineering well yeah because <laughs> i'm thinking mm-hmm. that's another way to, to support the pipeline mm-hmm. Um, and the Nissan Skills Academy was born from that. So we have our first cohort started in September. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working with a school in South Shields, St. Wilfred's. We worked with them because they already had the model for construction. So right. they'd already done something similar in construction. Okay. And it's branded as the Nissan Skills Academy. So when they're in college, they wear a Nissan Skills Academy uniform. My team gets involved with the young people as well. So they've had an induction day at the plant. Mm-hmm. And then the team will do various development activities with them quite light touch yeah but again the engagement is let's get them to the plant let's show them what we do let's make it feel let's make them feel comfortable coming into this kind of environment working with with engineers yeah having that connection with the plant with manufacturing and with with engineering again not just nissan because we want them to experience Mm -hmm. fantech asc as well the the whole kind of you know the whole gamut of of um of engineering and manufacturing around us Mm -hmm. but um really forming that connection and that bond Mm -hmm. um and they're not guaranteed an apprenticeship but they are guaranteed an invitation to assessment for an apprenticeship should they want it yeah so they get to the end of their two years and they're 16 you know, the parents go, right, what are you going to do now? Like, what what do you want to do? And they can choose. They can either go A-levels. They could do... T- they might go, oh, do you know what? I want to do fine art. I don't want to do engineering yeah, anymore. My, my fine, it's a choice. Uh, yeah. Sure, so A-levels, T-levels, um, or an apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. So if they want to do an apprenticeship and they want to apply for Nissan, they're guaranteed an invitation to assessment. And the way that I'm seeing that is if we've done our job correctly, yeah, they should be primed. And they should yeah. be ready. Their employability skills, you know, their maturity, their behaviour, mm. their understanding of how to follow instructions. Yeah, everything should lead them to that kind of that that point. Yeah, I think it's interesting you're talking about the environment because I think if you haven't been to your plant, mm. I don't think anything can prepare you for just <laughs> how big it is. Yeah, having experienced that myself, <laughs> it's massive, isn't it? It's just huge. Yeah, 
Um, and I think you're absolutely right. I think going into any work environment for, especially for a younger person. So like you say that, but you know, potentially people who are 16 to 18 who, um, you know, would maybe traditionally choose the apprenticeship route. Mm-hmm. Thank the Lord apprenticeships are open to anybody of any age yeah. now, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think coming, coming to your place and actually just taking in the enormity of that plant obviously I've got first-hand experience of that my son is one of your apprentices um so when he comes in and he's told me he's done 30,000 steps a day I do believe that because I've seen the size of the plant you can do a lot of walking Um, but I think what's really interesting is when you talk about all of those different areas of of kind of where the opportunities are because you know I think a lot of people would still automatically default to you're going to be on a production line to make a car yeah you know, and let's yeah. face it, yes. that is the bread and butter yes. of what you do. It is. You make it cars. Is. Yes. But I think really what today's chat has shown us, and, and certainly our listeners would absolutely have these as takeaways, is that there is so much more mm. opportunity than just mm. being the, one of the components mm-hmm. that does help mm-hmm. to make that car. Absolutely. Whichever vehicle that may be. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today, you Claire. Are. I know how busy finished? you are. Oh, I could have yeah, gone on. I know. <laughs> We could talk the hind legs off a donkey, you and me. But we really are really pleased that you've been able to join us because I think it's been super insightful. It's also really, really exciting just to think what's coming to the northeast in, in the next few years as well. Because, you know, the opportunities are going to be endless, which I think is is really, really encouraging. And, and obviously we're all, I'm sure we're very grateful for the opportunities for our families and friends to be potentially looking at careers um, the going bright. forward. Absolutely. And if you would like any information about our engineering portfolio, you're here at East Durham College, do just drop us an email at business at eastdurham.ac.uk. And thanks so much for listening. And if you'd like to get our next episode straight to your feed, just give us a follow. East Durham College Business Bites. In business, for business.